Well, I want us to <clears throat> look at a few things here today. I want to start out with two verses in the top of your, your uh, notes. There are three verses, three sets there. But um, I'm believing today that uh, as I speak, the Lord will speak specifically to you, to your heart in specific areas, that there will be a highlighting in specific areas, almost as though arrows would go forth. Not my word, but His word to speak to you. And as Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is living and active and it's sharper than a double-edged sword. So I'm aware that as I share these today, this today, these words and the scripture, that the double-edged sword will also cut my heart. It will also convict and speak to me and minister to me. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that God is, and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 4.2, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. If we'll be honest today, I believe we all have a problem. We have a problem with unbelief. Different levels, different times. We are called believers in Scripture, but sometimes we have more unbelief than belief. Sometimes, some places, some situations, other times we have more belief. In some areas of our life, we have greater unbelief than in other areas. But I believe if we're honest, we all have this issue, this problem. I heard one writer say a few years back, he said, the church is filled with unbelieving believers. We call ourselves believers, and we are. In this room, the majority in this room are believers. You know the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are levels of unbelief that I believe the Lord wants to give us victory over. I don't believe we want to live this way with low level of faith in certain areas. I believe that we want to make a difference in our world. That's why you're here today. I believe we want to see break in. I believe we want to apprehend that which we have been apprehended for in Christ Jesus. I believe we know the word. I love that verse. Early on as a believer... You have been bought with a price, the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, glorify God in your body. But our unbelief causes us, many times when faced with a situation or a mountain in front of us, causes us to sit back and watch things unfold and just kind of, you know, say, oh, I wish it'll turn out right. I don't even want to use the word hope. We say, oh, I hope it gets better, but really it's just wishful thinking. And so our unbelief causes us to sit back and just observe rather than take our sword out and say, it is written, and declare and say to the mountain, be removed, instead of going, oh, there's a mountain. I hope you move, God. I want more faith. I want us to move in this. I want us to defeat unbelief. So how do we get out of being stuck in this pattern of unbelief and passivity and inactivity? How do we repair the disconnect 
between believing something up here and believing it in a burning fire down here? How do we make the 18-inch journey across the bridge between head knowledge and heart faith? How do we do that? Is it me doing this a lot for the next 20 minutes? <laughs> saying glory to God. Saying God. <laughs> or is there something else? I want to share with you one main truth today that will help us. And I want to give you very practical tools that will help you and me to defeat unbelief. The main truth I want to share, please hear me. There are action steps we can take even while we are at a low level of believing. Action steps we can take and then the believing comes to greater measure. Well, we don't wait because we have a low level. We take the action steps now and then watch God move. These are action steps we can take to defeat unbelief. I would like you to show this picture. I saw this this week as each action step is like an axe. I don't know. I told my wife not to take a picture of me hacking, you know, with the axe. But she went ahead anyway. Uh, insert your scoffing there. All right. But I do, I did see that basically what I want to do in these next minutes is hand you or help you to pick up seven axes that you can swing and wield towards seven specific kinds of trees of unbelief. Because some of us in this room have more belief in one area than another area. You know, especially like in marriages, you know, those who've been married a while, you know, you're like, wow, you believe more in this area than I do. And you have, and I have more belief, faith in this area than you do. So basically, this is practical today. Seven axes. And I did a little joke in your notes, but it just came to me. These are axion steps. A X. I-O-N, they are seven action steps that we can use against these areas of unbelief so that those verses come to pass up at the top of your, your notes so that we can mix the word with faith and have it profit us so that it can have its work in us who believe. Are you all with me? All right. Lord, help us even now. To not just hear, but let these speak to us. And Lord, we listen even now to these scriptures with the intent that we're going to pick up the axe and swing it. And not just swing it once, but keep swinging it. So that that tree of unbelief will come falling over. In Jesus' name. Number one, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the axe against the tree of not believing that God is good. You see, it comes natural for our flesh to complain and grumble. It takes a choice to be thankful. 
But you know what? When we find ourselves in a complaint, many times if you ran your complaint through the kingdom of God translator, it would come out, God's not good. If God was good, then I wouldn't have this co-worker doing this. If God was good, I wouldn't be making this amount. If God was good, I wouldn't have X, Y, Z problem or issue. And so when you, do th when you thank God for things, for situations, or in the middle of situations, you are defeating, combating that unbelief that God is good, that He's for me, that He's with me, and that He will reward me if I diligently seek Him. That's our acts. And here's the kicker. When unbelief is defeated, then we take even more action steps because we now believe. Because when you don't believe something, you don't really act on it. I mean, I, I talk to so many people in my own life. They, they tell me the problem, but I wonder, are you, do you really believe God wants to answer that and, and turn that around? That, the, that you really believe, then you would, then there'd be more prayer involved rather than complaining. Being thankful is the simplest act of faith we can do. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 <clears throat> In everything, I would say it, and everybody say, in everything, Amen. give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Thanksgiving is a powerful act. In John 6.11, Jesus took food and he gave thanks, and it multiplied. So dramatic was that miracle of feeding the 5,000, that, is that a few verses later in John 6, 23, John's describing this scene where the boat's coming in from Tiberias, and he says, all the boats came in near that place, y'all know, where Jesus gave thanks. So the readers were like, oh, we know that place. He gave thanks over five loaves and two fish. And power was released. Giving thanks is a powerful axe we can use. It's natural, as I said, to complain. So let's do the opposite. Let's take time to thank God regularly, wielding the axe. Thank God for times in the past when God intervened. Patty, have you had times in the past where God intervened? Regularly thanking. Thank Him for your salvation. Lord, once I was on the road to hell. Now I'm on the road to heaven. My worst day as a sinner going to hell doesn't compare. I mean, my worst day as a believer in Jesus Christ doesn't compare to being a great day living for the devil headed to hell that day. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for past times. Thank you for in the middle of my circumstance. Don't always thank God for your circumstance. But in the middle of it, thank Him that He is at work presently. He's presently working in you, conforming you to Jesus Christ. He's presently building, giving you patience and growing you on the inside. He's presently working an eternal weight of glory in you. And if you can't think of anything to be thankful for, Psalm 100 verse 5 is always there and it always applies. Well, I can't think of anything to be thankful for. My circumstances, ah. For the Lord is good 
I thank you. Verse 5, Psalm 100. For the Lord is good. His mercy, your mercy is everlasting. Thank you, Lord. Your truth endures to all generations. Thank him for past times of intervention, for presently working and being who he is, and thank him for future times when he will mend that relationship, open that door, turn that situation around. That's the first acts. You can take virtually any verse in the Bible and turn it into an action step of thanksgiving. Like Romans 12, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Thank you, Lord, that I can overcome evil with good. You take the verse and turn it into a thank you. Let's do this right now. Let's just take a moment. Everybody just... Phelps, just close your eyes and just say it underneath your breath. Thank you, Lord, that you're good, that you are here now, and that you reward those who diligently seek you. And thank you, Lord, we're here today seeking you. Number two, forgiving others. Forgiving others takes an axe to the tree of not believing that God will forgive you of your sins. You see, we have an accuser of the brethren who lies to us and accuses us. And so there are times when we, we find it hard to receive forgiveness. You see, here's how the devil operates. I have a, he dangles a carrot we were talking about this the other day. He dangles a carrot of temptation in front of you. And you go, oh, and you sin. And then he steps back and goes, why did you take that carrot? You're horrible. You're, you're this, you're that. You know, so he tempts you with the carrot and then he condemns you and accuses you because you took the carrot. And so we need to walk free knowing we're forgiven. Model prayer there, Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 14 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, here's the promise, your heavenly Father will also you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Before you start each day, make up your mind. I'm going to push delete on all offenses today. Forgive me my trespasses as I go into my day as I choose to forgive all those who trespass against me. Push delete. Don't put it in the, the, the pending file. Push delete. It's gone. It's off. It just got bleach bitted off your files. But then as you go through your day, push delete whenever offenses, trespasses come. Sometimes, I'm not kidding you, I have had to push delete 20 times for the same thing in one day. Jesus, Peter basically said, how many times do we have to delete? The Lord said, oh, 490 times for the same thing in one 24-hour period. He said 70 times 7, right? Jesus was making the point. We have to choose to wield the acts of forgiveness Forgiving others, excuse me. 
so that we can receive forgiveness for our own sins. Number three, I almost didn't put this in, but I couldn't go, with, go without it. Number three, I've got to put this in. Forsaking sin is an axe for the tree of not believing that you can walk with godly confidence and boldness. Because what happens when we don't forsake sin? Forsake sin means turn from it. Say no more. I'm not, I'm going to forsake sin. Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. You see, what ha- it doesn't seem like an action step, but it really is an action step with that axe. Do you mind pulling that axe up, the guy with the axe again? Look how much effort he takes. It takes effort to say no to temptation. It, it's wielding an axe because when you don't say no to the temptation and you fall in the sin, then you become dull in your spirit. You don't have confidence to come before God because, you're, because the enemy's banging on your, you know, saying you're nothing. And the devil's saying, yeah, he's saying you're nothing. And then your own circumstances are, are reinforcing that. We need to take that axe and say, I forsake sin. Lord, help me to walk in this so that I can have courage. Proverbs 28.1, the wicked flee when no man pursues. But the righteous are bold as a lion. I'm not saying walking in perfection. I'm saying, Lord, when I do stumble, I I rise back up and I declare war on that sin. I push delete on that behavior and I start again. And that defeats the unbelief that, well, God doesn't really like me very much. Because I'm, you know, I've messed up. It's that. Peter, when Peter withdrew. When you flee when no one's pursuing you, that's horrible torment. It's like the enemy wants us to be like dogs chasing our tail. Because because we don't really believe that God's on our side. Now he is on our side, but when we when we don't but when we don't forsake sin, we feel like he's not on our side. What's the axe? It's forsaking sin. It's walking in righteousness. Number four, praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit, praying in another in a heavenly language, is an axe you can take to that unbelief that is just a general lifestyle of a low level of faith. You're not built up like you can be if you take the time to stop and let the Holy Spirit who is inside you pray through you to God. That's praying in the Spirit. When I pray, when Pastor Nate pray. We pray, but our mind is involved. We get the prayer, we say it, but then we process it and we pray it. But when you pray in the Spirit, your mind steps to the side and your spirit is directly encountering the living God. And in Jude, is it Jude 20? 
in Jude 20, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 14, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. So you don't ever graduate speaking tongues unless you, if you do, if you say, I don't need tongues anymore, then you're saying I'm more spiritual than the Apostle Paul. He understood praying in the Spirit was like taking an axe to unbelief. Evidently, he battled lots of unbelief because he said, I pray in the Spirit more than all of you. You want to be able to speak in tongues, just pray in the Spirit. We'll be here after the service to, to pray with you and just say, I want all the gifts God has for me. I want to be able to build myself up in my most holy faith. Number five, giving. Financial giving. For the tree of unbelief that God is your provider. Isn't it interesting, our dollar bills saying, God, we trust? And yet that's like the one area we so don't trust God in. So there's a tree called God's not going to provide. Well, we take the axe by financially giving. We take the axe. You know, all my, throughout my life, I, I've had some, and I think we could probably spend a whole re- weekend retreats telling our stories of how we wondered if God was going to provide and then how God showed up. And I've had mine. It's a big tree of unbelief. Will God provide for me? But over the years, from early on as a believer, back in 1976, 77, somehow I just knew, maybe my my early Sunday school teachers in the Baptist church taught me this or something, but I just always knew to tithe. Whatever my paycheck was from the mall, you know, I just gave 10%. And just because it's what you do. It's what the Bible says to do. It's what they told me to do. And that gave me confidence when I ran into these seemingly impossible areas of need. Malachi 3.10. When you give, you can claim Malachi 3.10 and 11 because it has conditions. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me, test me, prove me. That's what that Hebrew word means. The Lord is saying, test me, just try it. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Can you show this little video, Ashley? God is saying, I dare you. Now, don't be, don't be religious on me. This commercial came in my mind from 1977, about the year I came to know Jesus. But it's Robert Conrad, and he has a battery on his shoulder. And he's going, I dare you knock off this battery. Now, God's not like that. Like this. But he is, what does it say? Test me. He's basically saying, church, I dare you. Tithe, give to me and see if I will not. Watch what I do. Did you go ahead and play that? Can it, is it working? 
I think I can take this guy, but I will, I'll else another day. I dare you to knock this off. I dare you to compare anybody's batteries, anybody, with alkaline power cells. It's a little comic relief. Really, little comic You know what? You can't. The things that really eat up energy, like calculators and cassettes, Ooh. you can't buy a longer-lasting, all-purpose power system than gold, red, and black alkaline power cells from EverReady. Come on. I dare you. Woo! Come on. He even said, come on. Number six, taking God's word as medicine for the tree of not believing that God will heal you. Take God's word as medicine. I'm being very practical with an ax. I'm handing you an ax saying, take God's word as medicine for the tree of not believing. I see a lot of passivity in the body of Christ regarding healing. And here's what, how it goes. If God wants to heal me, he can I've got good news. He wants to. He wants to. But the, that's, that's the good news. 1 Peter 2.24 says, By His stripes, the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. That means your healing was purchased. Proverbs 4.20-22, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Let them not... Uh, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them. Here's the word. They're life to you who find them. And health, alternative translation, medicine to all your flesh. I have a bottle here that's also a conviction thing. So you know how some pastors, they always give the good stories and this and that. Well, this is a... This is a weak pastor story. Okay, this is my metformin that I take for to keep my blood sugar from going. I'm not full-blown too high. I'm getting my blood tested again this week, actually. But it, it helps my blood sugar, okay? So, what does it say? Glenn Hubbard, take one to two tablets by mouth twice a day. All right? Glenn Hubbard, my word is a medicine bottle. Now, Glenn Hubbard, you just stood in front of the church and said you needed blood sugar help, right? So, Glenn Hubbard, take my word twice a day, three times a day. E even as you're taking that, take, take the word, stop right there. Thank you, Lord. You are, by your stripes, I was healed. Thank you, you you died on the cross, so my blood sugar could be 5.5 A1C1 level. We take his word. Whatever the area is, here's the X. I'm going to take his word three times daily or whatever it is. Take his word like medicine. Finally, obey 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. We already started with it. Obey, excuse me, 1 Timothy 2. One and two, for not believing that we can affect our government. I've been guilty of this, of watching more media, Don Lemon, Tucker Carlson, whatever. I'm watching the pundits on the news, watching the commentaries, watching more going, mm, 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 instead of 
giving prayers, supplications, intercessions for all men, for kings, presidents, legislators, governors, all in authority. That's the acts. You're not... See, what we do is we get in... We, we, the, the, the tree is we live as Christians frustrated, complaining about our government, thinking I can't do anything about it. But we can. Help us, Lord. Practically, I did it today. I'm considering strongly having us pray for our government every week for one minute when we gather as an axe. Would you all be okay for, with that? Within our time? Yes. Amen. Tuesday night, 6.30. We have an intercession community set where we take time to pray for our government and we pray for Israel, for the salvation of Jewish people, 6.30 to 7.30. Those are practical things we can do as a church to, to see our government change, to see good government leading us. Amen. I'm going to do something different today. I'd like us, I'm not going to have a, a conventional stand and pray like that. What I'd like you to do real quickly is, is get, some, get some chairs in a four or five in a circle. Just kind of break up and we're going to have some discussion for about five minutes. Is that, was that okay with you? I have a few, two questions on there. I'd like you to everybody stand up. Some of the people who know how to unlock the chairs. Just grab a, get, get in the discussion group, four or five, and uh, we will ask the Lord to lead you in your group to do three things. Basically, those who don't feel like sharing, you don't have to share. Great. We'll, we'll, put, it, we'll put the chairs back. Super. Those who don't, like, don't want to speak, you don't need to. But question number one, it's in your notes. Which of these seven, which of these seven action steps spoke most to you? Give two or maybe two or three, something that highlighted just right now. Go ahead and start. Just share that. What, what one or two really spoke to you and just kind of share for a, for a few seconds and Move to the second question, if you would, in these next last two or three minutes. Uh, the question basically is, are there other action steps besides the ones I gave that God shows you to do? For example, if you take communion at the house with, the, with, with crackers and grape juice, that's, that's something you can just say, that's something I take or... Uh, you know, if you can't think of any, that's kind of my, the challenge is leaving here today, Lord, what are other action steps I can take to, I just gave you, gave you some. And then if you, then wrapping that up, then just pray for each other. If one or two will feel led to pray for the group for, for divine strength, to be doers of the word, to wield the axe, the axes that you've specifically identified and others. But we need strength in our inner man, don't we? To wield the axe, Ephesians 3.16. So pray for, pray for your groups and then I'd like to transition to praying for strength.
And then we're going to go out with a shout, with a, with a praise. So pray for each other for divine strength. Because you can, you can wield the axe one time, but it's, it's uh, faith is a continuous action. A believer, literally in Greek, is one who continues believing. Okay, you're not labeled believer and then you just walk in unbelief. You daily believe. You daily wield the acts, the action step. Father, I thank you even now that I just see trees coming down. I see action increasing in our prayer life, in what we spend our time in doing because we believe. Take us from the action step out of unbelief into believing. I declare long-standing trees of unbelief coming down. In Jesus' name.